Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us who is ultimately in charge. The millennium will be a virtual paradise. All in authority will be placed there by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you and I fear sometimes how people are delegated authority and they become tyrants. Whether they be governors, whether they be bosses at work. All will be under the rule of Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Unfortunately, we've learned to accept bureaucracy and corruption in government, but why? Well, the best answer is that we're only human, and humans are easily swayed by what's popular, not necessarily by what's right. Today, as he continues his study in the book of Revelation, Pastor Xavier talks about the perfect government and the perfect ruler. The title of the message is The Government of the Millennium. Jesus will sit, as you know, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords during the Millennial Kingdom. Um, Psalm 2 is a great preview of chapter 19 of Revelation. And in Psalm 2, verse 6, it says, Yet I have set my King on my holy hill of Zion, the Messiah at His second coming. Now, the government will include many other individuals also. There will be nobles and governors. Isaiah 32, 1 says, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule in justice. Jeremiah says, Their nobles shall be from among them, and their governors shall come from their midst. Jeremiah 30, verse 21. So there will be lesser authorities under. There will be also under those judges other people of lesser authority. Zechariah 3, 7 declares, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among those who stand here. John in the book of Revelation chapter 20, verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he who has part of the first resurrection over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So we will reign with him. But there's all these other people under the different delegations. Now, the subjects in the millennium, because the rulers, there has to be someone to rule, right? The nation of Israel really comprises the primary subjects. Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 43, verse 5 through 6 says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. will say to the north, Give them up. And to the south, Do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. What we see now in the nation of Israel is only part in fulfillment. The context is millennial kingdom when there is that peace. The prophet Ezekiel gives us the vision of dry bones in Ezekiel 37. The prophet is asked by God, can these bones live again? And then God prophesies over them in verse 1 through 10 that they will. In verse 14 through, uh, 11 through 14, God himself interprets the vision. As he sees his bones coming to their feet and sinew and muscle and skin 
comes upon them and God says, this, Ezekiel, is the nation of Israel. May 14, 1948, Israel came to be as a nation for the third time. She's looking for a Messiah. That's why the tribulation is brought upon them, to prepare her for her Messiah. He will bring Judah and Ephraim as one nation, symbolic of the two sticks in Jeremiah 31, 15 through 25. As you know, they were divided, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. He will make them one. God will make an everlasting covenant of peace. Sanctify Israel and set his sanctuary in their midst forever, Jeremiah 31 says, verse 26 to 28. Prophecy after prophecy, promise after promise. Ezekiel then prophesies about the attack of Israel by Gog in the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal in Ezekiel 38 and 39. The location and identity is identified to be as Russian from the north. There will be five nations with Russia. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them. All of them with shields and helmets, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Togarma from the far north and all its troops. Many people are with you, Ezekiel 38, 5, and 6. The thought has been that the battle of Gog and Magog against Israel would take place just prior to the rapture of the church. But we may be wrong because listen to the scripture. It may take place right after the church is gone and the covenant is made with the Antichrist by Israel. Because listen to the scripture in Ezekiel 38, 11. It says, you will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell in safety. All of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. That isn't the case in Israel today. That will take place when Israel makes the covenant with the Antichrist and she will be in safety under false peace. So I believe that probably the battle of Gog and Magog will be right after we are removed as Israel makes the covenant because it says it will be during the time of peace and unwalled. Today she's got walls and everything else all around. God will fight for Israel and defeat the invading armies and he will fulfill his gathering of them from all the earth, Ezekiel 38, 14, all the way to chapter 39, verse 39. He will do it. Now, the nation of Israel will experience a conversion to accept their Messiah and enter the kingdom age. Their blindness will be removed, as Paul tells us in Romans eleven twenty six 26 to 27. They will acknowledge their Messiah as they see the wounds in his hands, Zechariah 13, 6. Then will be fulfilled the words of Jesus. Listen, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Matthew 23, 39. Israel will be related to Yahweh by marriage, the wife that's been put away, Isaiah 54, Isaiah 62, Hosea. The whole book of Hosea is an allegory of Hosea commanded to marry a prostitute a parallel to Israel, the unfaithful wife, and then he redeems her. He says, I will redeem Israel. Israel will become God's witness during the millennial age. Now, 
the Gentiles will also be subjects. Remember the promise that God gave to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, is that all the nations would be blessed. The ultimate fulfillment will be the kingdom age. The participation of the Gentiles in the millennial is clear. Listen to Isaiah 19, 18 through 19. In that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear by the Lord of hosts. Interesting. One will be called the city of destruction. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at its borders. Jeremiah 3, 17. At that time, Jerusalem will be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. Jeremiah says, but it shall come to pass in the latter days, I will bring back the captives of Elam, says the Lord. Jeremiah 49:39. And so the Gentiles that play a part during millennial kingdom. On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. They may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. Amos 9.12, that great prophet Amos, who was a seed picker and a sheep breeder. <laughs> and the people in the north told him, hey, go prophesy somewhere else. He said, hey, listen, I didn't call myself a prophet. I'm just a sheep breeder. I'm a seed picker, a fruit picker, and God called me to prophesy. Great guy. Get familiar with him. You're going to spend eternity with him. Uh, don't be one that when you get up there, he says, hey, did you read my book? You say, well, who published it? It's in the Bible. Amos. Amos. The Gentiles will be Israel's servants during the kingdom age. Listen to the scriptures. Isaiah 14, 1 and 2. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. The strangers will be joined with them and they will cling to the house of Jacob. Then people will take them and bring them to their place and the house of Israel will possess them for servants and maids in the land of the Lord, they will take them captive, whose captives they were, and rule over their oppressors. How interesting. People can't stand the Jew today. Get used to it. The Gentiles are going to serve the Jew during the millennial kingdom. Listen to Jeremiah 49, 22 through 23. Behold, I will lift my hand in an oath to the nations and set up my standard for the people's. They shall bring your sons in their arms, and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers, and their queens your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth, and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed who wait on me. Isaiah 49, 22-23. Pretty descriptive. Very clear that the Gentiles are going to serve Israel during the thousand-year reign. Also, the sons of those who afflicted you shall come bowing to you, and all those who despise you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet, and they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 60, verse 14. Strangers shall stand 
and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Isaiah 61, 14. So all that God promised in the Old Testament in Israel will be fulfilled in its complete form during that thousand-year reign. Zechariah 8, 22 and 23 says, Yes, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord, thus saith the Lord of hosts. In those days, listen, ten men from every language of the nation shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go up with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Well, that isn't so today. The Gentiles will have experienced a spiritual conversion prior to entering the kingdom. In fact, they are the ones addressed by Jesus after the judgment of the nation. Listen, Matthew 25, 34. Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. The millennium will be a virtual paradise. All in authority will be placed there by the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be no mistakes by the appointments. Now, you and I fear sometimes how people are delegated authority and they become tyrants, whether they be governors, whether they be mayors, whether they be bosses at work. Men cannot handle power. No one will abuse their power without being dealt with immediately. All will be under the rule of Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. The people of Israel will be ruling over the entire territory God has promised to them then. It will be completely fulfilled. The wife of God will be reconciled to him, just as he promised. The remnant of Israel will be the true Israel that Paul speaks about to the Romans and many others. Israel will be served by the Gentiles as God promised. Isaiah 11, 9 tells us about this paradise to come. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Everyone will know that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Everybody will know that he is the theocratic authority upon the earth. Everybody the Bible is clear about the subjects in the millennium. Now, the center of the millennium, the city of Jerusalem will be the central city. Islam wants to take Jerusalem today and make it its capital. It will not be so. God is going to make Jerusalem his capital. Jerusalem will be the center of, during the millennial kingdom. It's clear. And there are so many scriptures. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. Jeremiah 31, 6. To mention a few. Jerusalem will be the center of worship, which we want to talk next time on the form of worship that will be going on. Much is said about that. Jerusalem will endure forever. The scriptures are very, very, very clear. Now the land of Israel will be the central nation then. It will not be America. The city will not be Washington, D.C. 
It will be Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. The land becomes the inheritance of Israel as Ezekiel 36 and 47 and many other portions. I've always reminded you of two things. The people and the land, they go together. When you think of the land of Israel, you have to include the people of Israel. When you think of the people of Israel, you must include the land of Israel. They go together like left hand and right hand, like night and day. You cannot separate them. The nation of Israel will have occupied for the first time all the land promised to Abraham back in chapter 15, verse 18 through 21. Even as far as where we are right now in Iraq, the Euphrates River. The great fertile plain will come into being at the second coming of Christ. Zechariah 14, 4 says, The land will be beautiful for situations. Psalm 48, 2 says, There will be a river flowing out of Jerusalem. Trees growing on its banks on both sides, dividing the, the division of that river. One goes to the Mediterranean, the other one down to the Dead Sea. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 12 tells us. And it will heal the waters of the Dead Sea, and it will become a great fishing industry. Now, if you've been to Israel with us, you know why they call it the Dead Sea. It's dead. Nothing lives in it. The water is so concentrated with minerals and salts. The Jordan comes in, and there's no outlet. But in that day, that river will flow to the Mediterranean, down to the Dead Sea, and it will become a live water source and a great fishing industry. The land will be fertile and productive, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Amos. Now all of this is after the land has been ravished during the tribulation period, as you know, because you have the seven seals, you have the trumpets and the bulls. You've got contamination of water, you've got plagues, you've got all kinds of horror, war and pestilence, disease, and God's going to redo it all. Have you ever seen some of those reality shows of, 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 of a remake of a house or, or, or whatever? You can't even recognize it. Well, wait till the millennium. No smog. Probably no weeds. <laughs> Definitely no weed. <laughs> I can't wait. The land will be distributed to the 12 tribes, Ezekiel 48, 1 to 29. According to rabbinical mythology, the world is to last 6,000 years, and the reason is a sign are the following. Listen, the name of Jehovah or Yahweh contains six letters. It's called a tetragrammaton because there's no vowels in it. The Hebrew letter M occurs six times in the book of Genesis. The patriarch Enoch, who was taken to heaven without dying, was the sixth generation after Adam. God created the world in six days. Six contains three um, binaries of groups of twos. The first 2,000 years were for the law of nature. The next 2,000 years for the written law. The last 2,000 for the law of grace. Now, if so, we are very close to the Lord's return and certainly to the establishing of the kingdom age. The prophecies cannot be ignored. Hosea, the prophet, gives an interesting prophecy. Listen to Hosea 3, 4. For the children of Israel will abide many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. It's been 2,000 years. From 70 AD when Titus destroyed the city, the temple, 
and kill the Jews and sold the rest and scattered them. They have not had a temple. They still do not have a temple. The Antichrist will build a temple as we have seen already. Isaiah 2.2 says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. What should we say about the prophecies of Jesus in Matthew 23, 37, 39? As he wept over Jerusalem, he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If you would have known this thy day, Luke says, but now the things that were promised to you are hidden from your eyes. For 2,000 years, God has given up Israel as a nation, not as individual Jews who call on the name of the Lord, but as a nation. He will once again deal with the nation of Israel as he removes his church. You remember Jesus as he was arrested and taken to the high priest in Matthew 26, 64, and 65. As the high priest asked him, are you the son of God? And he says, Jesus responded, it is as you said, nevertheless I say to you, hereafter you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the power and the coming and the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. No, it's prophecy, not blasphemy. You can count on it. As you know, we're in the book of Revelation, the final book of the New Testament, the final book of the Bible. Listen to what it says about his coming. Just take it in. He begins by opening the book in chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and ever I will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth mourn because of him, even so, amen. He moves to one of the churches as he addresses her, chapter 3, verse 11. Behold, I am coming quickly, and every time the word quickly is suddenly. Hold fast, what you have, that no one may take your crown. Chapter 16, verse 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Chapter 22, verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps his words in the prophecy of this book, the book of Revelation. 22, 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. One final, what, 2220. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly, amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Now, how many times does God have to tell us he's coming before we believe it? The Bible is clear about Jerusalem being the center in the millennium this is what the scriptures have to say about the form of government during the thousand year reign the kingdom age upon the earth 
as we have seen it through the rulers in the millennium, the subjects in the millennium, and the center of the millennium. Are you ready for him? Do you really believe he can come? Do you really believe that he came the first time? Or are you just being religious? Are you living for Jesus? Are you looking for his return? Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the veracity of our Lord's promise. And you can request a copy of today's encouraging message titled, The Government of the Millennium. As always, you can request a copy for just $4 on CD. And this message also contains what Pastor Xavier talked about the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is, The Government of the Millennium. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Is there a perfect place of worship? Learn more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 